0: Good morning, and a great morning. Kind of hot, kind of muggy, but hey, second week of June—what do you expect? Welcome to our party, folks. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. I'm your host, Horticulture Felda Rushing. Our program producer is Awesome Java Chapman. We're gonna have fun for the next hour or so, just talking about gardening. I'm gonna give a special shout out for those of you who listen, by way of podcasts from all over the country, but we're it's the southern thing, folks. So I'm gonna give you a heads up on what you can be doing in your southern garden. Shares a cheesy music selection, but most important, because we're live here at MPB, I'm gonna be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. Sit back, folks. We're gonna take a few minutes of news before starting this party we call the Git Dog Garden here on MPB know, folks, welcome back to the rushing. This is a call-in program, so I hope you got your chops up, ready to go, talking about it. It's toll-free wherever you are, One eight seven seven MPD range. ring Pretty much easier to remember, so give us a call. Got the lines wide open. And uh, We're going to be talking about gardening, even though it's uh, June, second week in June, it's going to really start to, to get miserable for us out there. So here's hoping you got your garden all settled in, watered good, mulched, and ready to go so that you can sort of sit back and relax and enjoy the, the summer rather than worry about dragging hoses and all that kind of stuff. We have a different approach towards gardening here in the Deep South. Uh, up north, they garden from spring, summer, and fall. They hunker down for the winter time because it's too cold to garden. Down here, we garden fall, winter, and spring, hunker down for the summer, Hope that we can survive till time to plant some more stuff in the fall. So there's a lot, a lot of plants out there that grow really well without too much care, without you know a little weeding, some mulching, occasional watering, maybe some spraying if you choose. But there are lots of plants that grow perfectly well across the deep south that simply don't need a bunch of care. They don't have a lot of insect diseases. They don't need a bunch of water. They grow in cemeteries, small towns, country gardens. If you choose the kind of plants that that do like that, and put them in nice combinations, you can have a garden that really, really rocks without a whole without dragging you to death, dragging hoses around. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven M T B ring. We're going to be talking about nothing but gardening, so so give me a shout. I chose a special tune for today. We're going to play it a little bit. It was recorded half a century ago, but it's just as relevant today as it ever was. Um, while we're waiting for some calls, let me uh, let me give a shout-out. Here's some things going on in my garden. Give a shout-out to Mark Romer. He's a cool, professional landscape maintenance guy. He pops by my garden every now and then when I'm gone for a while. This week he swung by and fixed a, do you say burst hose, busted hose? My hose burst, uh, the one that goes to my little automated container watering garden system. He fixed it, no problem at all. Uh, luckily, I plant a lot of real drought-tolerant uh, uh, stuff in containers think about just whatever rain we get at least every month or so, but some of them are kind of small, and if they could get a good soaking every couple, of three weeks, it'd be better. So I set up this little watering system that comes on for 15 minutes once a week, and that should be more than enough, plus to all my container plants in one area, so that all can be watered at one time. Some of you may know that I spend uh, a good bit of time in the summer overseas, um, I'm in England right now, and on one of my regular walks along a kind of a rural footpath, I do a lot of walking. Matter of fact, uh, Jonas, you know Jonas, Java, Java. How long has it been? I still call
2: you Jonas.
3: It's been almost man. a year and a half, two years.
0: Man, <laughs> man, oh man, oh man, oh man, Java. Well, anyway, you know that usually I walk to the studio, which is a couple of miles each way. I mean, you've, you've seen me offered a ride before. La- last time I was walking back, uh, Ronnie Agnew, our executive director, offered me a ride. I said, nope, just get my steps in, but I've already walked four and a half miles today before we, before y'all even woke up. I was out there walking across the moors. Uh, anyway, I met a fellow coming towards me and was wearing a real distinctive T-shirt. It said Clarksdale, Mississippi, Delta Blues on it. And this is in rural Lancashire, Northern England. Nobody for miles around. He's wearing a Mississippi Delta blues T-shirt. Uh, he said he said he's never. Hang on, I just got a call from you.
3: Okay, well, we're going to try to get Felder back, and we're going to go ahead and uh, take our first break for the hour. You can give us a call right now, one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 We want Billy from Neshoba County to hold. We want Sue from Beaumont to hold, and we want you to join in the conversation. So this is the Gestalt Gardner here on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>
2: Okey-doke,
3: Rusterback Java. Am I back on the air? Yeah, we got you on loud and clear, Felder.
2: Yeah, I
0: only have one button, and I pushed it, and I shouldn't have. I hung up on myself. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, well, that happened. Anyway, I was uh, before we go to this call, I was talking about running into a fellow with a Mississippi Delta Blue t-shirt. On. He said, never been to Mississippi, made the t-shirt himself. That's how well beloved we are
1: overseas.
0: Anyway, let's go to Billy. He's calling from Neshoba County. Hey, Billy, thank you for holding. What's up, man?
1: Well, good morning, sir. How are you doing?
0: Well, I've been hanging up on myself. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I
1: got I got a couple of questions for you if you don't mind this okay. morning. I've got uh, Bradford pear trees in my in my up now my driveway and in my yard. Yeah, I've got about. I've got about 25 of them, and, and 18 of them are 23 years old. And on those that are older, the tips of the leaves on about a third of the tree is dying, like with the tip of the leaf or the tip of the limb back about a foot or so, and just yeah. dying, and and, and the tree looks like it's just you know about half the leaves yeah. on it.
0: Yeah, this is a real common, uh, Billy. It's a there's a disease. It's not a fungus. It's a bacteria, and it's spread by bees from wild pears to your pears, and uh it's called fire blight. It looks like the ends of the branches have been burned. Yeah, it, and it's real, real common. And when 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 the when your pears bloom at the same time as the wild pears, which they often do, then the bees can spread the disease. that only gets into the tree through the flowers. So, uh, first of all, it's probably not going to kill your trees. It just looks kind of bad. It, cutting it out really doesn't do much because it, the, the disease goes down the twigs a little bit. What you can do, if you want to, is next year when they're blooming, there's a spray you can buy, perfectly safe. It's a natural product. It's called Fire Blight Spray. And you spray that yeah, a couple you. of times. Yeah, Fire Blight Spray. You only need to spray it while the trees are in bloom. It doesn't kill bees, doesn't hurt bees. It just puts a protective film on the flowers to keep them from getting infected. It's sort of like putting a raincoat on the flowers. But it, you only need to spray while they're in bloom. It does no good to do anything
1: else. Okay, so you, you don't think my trees will die then?
0: Well, fire can kill some plants, but Bradford type pears are resistant to it. doesn't mean they're immune. They're somewhat resistant, and it'll burden those trees a little bit. And that's about it. If you cut it off, again, you know, when you're cutting it, the, the bacteria actually goes down into the stem below the burn area. So all you got to do is spread it with your pruning shears. So anyway, it, it, in bad years, it can really booger the trees up, but over, it rarely actually kills a Bradford-type pear. It just looks bad. And everybody okay. else looks the same, too.
1: Okay. Well, I, ha- I have another question, if you would, please, sir. Sure. Uh, regarding... Uh... Peas, uh, garden peas, I have uh, been searching for the last couple of years trying to find what I call a green crowder pea. It makes a long pod, about 10 or 12 inches long. The peas are big and green, and they stay green when you cook them, and I, I can't yeah. find that crowder pea anymore. Can you put well, me in contact with somebody that might have that type of seed?
0: Uh, I most certainly can. There's only one person I know of, and, and a lot of country folks know these kind of things. They say they're seeds, but there's one place, it's in Jackson. You know, it's going to take you 30, 45 minutes to get there. There's a place in South Jackson called Hutto's that specializes in old-timey vegetables. And if you talk to a guy there named Herbie, Herbie, Herbie. knows the vegetables. That's, Herbie, that's where, oh, that's where old-timers shop. You know, he tries to carry a lot of these heirloom varieties. Uh, you can also go online to a place called Seed Savers, or one called, um, I'm drawing a blank, the other Southern Airlines, uh, Southern, I can't think of the other name. There's two places that specialize in Airlines peas that you can just Google. I mean, go to them and, and, and just type in uh, Southern peas. You know, if you do peas, it's going to come up with English peas. But Southern peas are Crowder peas, and they'll have pictures and descriptions. You might be able to find it that way. But I tell (laughs) you, if you shoot me an email, Billy, uh, with a little bit more of the description, I can see if I can find a link, and uh, that'll buy you some time before you get down to Hutto to
1: talk to Herbie. All right. Well, I appreciate your help this morning.
0: Hey, let me give you some unsolicited advice, though. You said those brass repairs are are pushing 25 years old? Oh, yes, They're they're getting towards the end of what they normally do. They're considered short-lived trees, 18, 20, 25 years after that, they start falling apart in ice storms and all that kind of stuff. So, just just for your information, you might might want to think about starting some small ones in between those big ones as replacements for down the road. I'm just saying that's all.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay.
0: Good luck on it. All right. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Let's go to. And by, by the way, when I, when I said Herbie at Hutco, there's you know a lot of old time co-ops used to carry the kind of seeds that everybody grew, but You know, now we just get to whatever's on the seed rack, and you have to go to a place that specializes in heirlooms, has a large variety. Uh, I'm thinking that the the place I was thinking of called Southern Exposure. If you Google Southern Exposure or Seed Savers, both of those places specialize in antique and heirloom vegetables, and and, and they may have it. But otherwise, the the one place I know of in in Jacksonville, Hutto's, that's where old timers go to shop for you know they they pack us ziploc of seeds to, to keep uh, what I call old timer gardens happy. Anyway, one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go to Beaumont and talk with Sue. Hey Sue, good morning.
4: Hi, uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions. first, I want to ask, are you anywhere near Stonehenge? Uh, I'm Stonehenge is down south. I've been there several oh, down times. South. Okay,
0: Sydney. I've been to there for for uh, the the solstice, so winter. And uh, summer
4: solstice. Marvelous. I want to ask you a couple questions. The first question is about cucumbers. Somebody gave me a handful of pickling cucumbers, and I was chopping Mm -hmm. one up, putting a salad, and I'm glad I didn't put it in a bowl before I tasted it. It was extremely mouth bitter. Yeah, real bitter. be bitter like that. That's usually a watering problem. If they stay really, really
0: wet, or if they stay really dry. In hot weather, if they turn dry, the cucumbers are going
4: to be better. That's just a watering problem. That's all it is to it. Oh, okay. Not much you can do about it
0: once you pick them, though.
4: Okay, and you know, I want to ask you another question. We had hard rain the day before yesterday, and it rained all night, and it rained hard all morning. So, But later in the afternoon, the sun came out, and my, my granddaughter's visiting from Texas. We went out to pick some blueberries, and we were just eating blueberries right off the bush, you know. That's weird, yeah. and eating them out of the bucket that she had picked them in. But then she said, should we have washed those first? But is there anything that you can get from not washing those first? Because I, I grew up, we just ate, bleary, we ate berries no. off the bush, you know. No, I mean, you, can't you can't catch not anything real. from that, can you? You
0: certainly cannot, especially after the rain. You know, if, if there's some nasty old dust on there, you know, but, you know, just walk around with your mouth open. You can get more dust than that. So it's perfectly fine.
4: Thanks, I appreciate that.
0: She's gonna remember you the rest of her life. You know, she's gonna remember. What, what does she call you,
4: Nana? What Nana? Nana, huh? She's gonna remember Nana all of her
0: life. And those blueberries, you're doing good.
4: Well, I told her God had washed
0: them before the, with the rain. I didn't think we <laughs> need to wash them again, but you know. There you go. No problem at all. Matter of fact, there's a lot of studies that show the kids that don't eat a little dirty every now and then are not <laughs> as healthy as kids who do. That's a fact. Well, thanks, Felder. I appreciate it. She <laughs> bet. Thank you. Okay, I'm keeping my fingers away from these buttons till I hung up myself a little while ago. Let's go down to Mobile. Good morning, Gene. Hey. Hey there.
3: What's Look, up? Yeah, I've got a, a question, and I know you said it a thousand times on your program, but I can't remember what you said. I've got some little weeds in the nuts. Not, not a dollar weed, but it's a similar-looking weed. and real small, about like a dam, and uh, growing real low on the ground, and I'm just trying to yeah. find out how to get rid of them.
0: Okay, that's probably, uh, it, 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 there's not a really good common name. It's called dichondra. It starts D I C H andra, dichondra. Little mouthier looking things. They're real smooth and, and slick. Right. Uh, there's a, there's another one that's kind of furry and, and scalloped edge. It has a real fragrance, but, uh, Dich- uh, uh, dichondra, uh, grows really, really well in grass that stays wet or moist or cut too close. Have you got St. Augustine or centipede?
3: Well, right there where I'm talking about, there's not a whole lot. That's part of the problem. Not a whole lot of anything. They really look kind of like a water plant, you know, the, the leaves are kind of slick looking, like you said. Yeah, but
0: they're, but they're small. They're small and and can't do this. Yeah, uh, that's probably Don Conjure. is actually used as a lawn in California because really? of no growing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you don't have the grass, uh, you know, the, the first thing, you know, first of all, if you kill the weeds and there's nothing there, to cover the area up, you're going to get more weeds. So well,
3: I'm going to put some grass out, on there once I kill them.
0: Well, okay, if, if you know, if you just plant some grass and mow high, the grass will cover it up and shade that stuff out. It well, really I, really
3: I, my grass is as tall as my lawnmower
0: will go. Uh, is this in the shade of the sun?
3: It's in the sun.
0: Yep. Uh, you know, th- th- there's nothing that's going to kill dichondria. It won't kill St. Augustine. That's just sort of a fact. So other than fertilizing a little bit every year or two, sometime in April, no early. What Hello? Do of... Hello. Well, I lost like you.
3: Where'd you say didn't fertilize them early in April?
0: Yeah, some, sometime in April. April is the only time I fertilize grass in the Mobile area. If you'll fertilize it with a good quality grass fertilizer, not this triple 13 stuff. use stuff called centipede food, even if it's on St. Augustine. St. Augustine centipede, if you'll use centipede food once in April and then just mow high, that's about the best you can do, and the grass should thicken up. And uh, if you can't see that stuff from 10 feet away, just ignore it, because what will kill it will kill your grass.
3: Well, yeah, I understand that. I'm, I'm not a fanatic about my lawn. Like I told somebody one time, I said, what kind of grass do you want? I said, green.
0: There you go. Well, what I do is I just, just just mow high, fertilize light, and take take your glasses off and just keep well, it up going. on. if that's
3: something that's growing in some St. Augustine, it's a pretty, yeah. pretty good patch, but can you spray that or just leave it alone? Or well, what? That's what I'm
0: saying. What, what will kill it will kill St. Augustine.
3: Okay, I got you. see. So uh,
0: l- look at it as a companion plant.
3: Well, I'm gonna start eating in salads. Huh? So
0: <laughs> good luck <on>
3: going. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I
0: appreciate
3: it, Gene. Thank you, Dan.
0: Oh, by the way, uh, this past week, uh, I was at the uh, I was the only American Garden journalist, the only garden journalist from America who's accredited to attend what I call the pre-opening press day of these flower shows, the, the Royal Horticulture Society has this show called the Chatsworth Garden Show. They're the same people put on the Chelsea Flower Show. Uh, this was set on the large lawn the big old Chatsworth Estate. It was built back in the 1500s in the Peak District uh, by the president of the Royal Horticulture Society at the time. Anyway, Flower Society displays educational exhibits, uh, garden art, vegetable new vegetable uh, varieties, children's container gardens, display gardens. But to my surprise, when I walked into the main show tent, a huge marquee is almost ten times bigger than my whole yard, house and all, huge, huge tent where they have all these different displays and all, the first thing that I saw under the big floral marquee sign was a, uh, was an award-winning garden display that had two prominent bottle trees, real homemade bottle trees. They're done by Ingrid and Sarah Millington from Shropshire down in the Midlands. Uh, and even, uh, they even had a copy of, they said they were inspired to do this by a book they got, and it turned out it was my book on bottle trees. They even had it on display to help explain bottle trees to all the thousands of attendees. Anyway, I did a real short interview with them, uh, and if you want to see photos of these and get some more information, go to my blog site. It's not Netacom, Feldorussian blog and scroll down below the contact me link to the first blog on uh, on Bottle Trees. Anyway, Meanwhile, uh, before we take a, a break, here's a uh, uh, here's an interview I did with the ladies who inspired to do Bottle Trees for, for the Royal Horticulture Society by yours truly.
5: Okay, so I'm at the Chatsworth Garden Show, and I walked into the big flora marquee and the first thing that i saw was a pair of bottle trees a blue and a red bottle tree and i met the ladies who put it together good morning good morning and y'all are from shropshire what's the name
6: my name's dingrid and this is my daughter sarah hi
5: I walk in, I see these bottle trees, and there's a television crew crowded around it. I looked around, and you've got the, the book that I wrote said that you put it here for validation. Why do bottle trees need validating?
6: Because nobody knows what a bottle tree is except us and the man that wrote the book. Who turns out to be you?
5: <laughs> it's just it's stunning, though. You know, you've got these wonderful wildflowers and, and cultivated plants. You need to have a, a little baby bottle tree.
6: Yeah, it's, it's um, a clump of seedlings. <laughs>
5: Well, it's, it's just incredible. And uh, how long have you been doing the bottle trees, just for the show?
7: We've been looking at them for some time. We've been quite obsessed with bottle trees in our personal life. Why? For a, well, because sometimes you need a bottle tree in your life. And so I think we thought that the public needed to be educated in the way of bottle trees. Okay. It's the first time the public will have experienced them in all their glory. What are
5: you expecting people to... You, I mean, do they even notice the flowers now? Nah. I mean, you get you got lovely garden here.
7: Thank you very much. No, it's more about the bottle tree, I think. <laughs>
5: which is almost a shame, but they do bring attention.
7: Well, exactly, and we're all about the attention.
5: Well, it's a lovely garden. The bottle trees just give it that little bit of uh, how the French say it,
7: je ne sais quoi,
5: which is oomph in yes. French, right? This is wonderful, lady. Thank you. It just thrills
0: my heart.
7: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, though, folks. That, that was a lot of fun. If you uh, want a little bit more information, to see pictures of these. Go to Felder Rushing blog and scroll down. Uh, I found a tune. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I found a tune from my youth. This is from 1967, half a century ago, by Buffalo Springfield, called For What It's Worth, and I think it's still relevant
2: today.
0: If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org. Or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Well, friends, the rushing. Uh, kind of departed from my usual garden tune, but it's a weird world right now. I thought we could use a little reminder that, you know, some of us are just trying to think our way through all this. By the way, the uh, Joyner Garden Tour in Tupelo uh, that I've been promoting the past couple of weeks, the they lunch and lecture are already sold out. Uh, but this is this Saturday, June 9th, starting about 9 in the morning. You can tour the wonderful gardens and the Joyner School Discovery Garden. Uh, the tour starts at St. Luke Methodist Church on Clayton Avenue there in Tupelo. Tickets for the the uh, tour, the tour, garden tours can be purchased uh, right there. So anyway, enjoy. I hope you have great weather for it. Let's go to, and this is a toll-free program, folks. You want to give me a call and talk about gardening? One eight seven mpb Let's go to Florence. Hey, Roger, thanks for calling. you Florence, Mississippi, or Florence, Alabama?
8: Oh, Florence, Mississippi.
0: Oh right, nice.
8: what's going on? It was Steen's Creek until 1906,
0: I think. <coughs> Steen's Creek was <is> <laughs> closed. What's time. up?
8: Okay, uh, the, uh, it's an idea. I have a living bottle tree, and uh, if you catch a, a cedar tree at the right time, then you can uh, keep the lower branches from being too big. <clears throat> They'll fit over, a bottle will fit over the stub of the branch. Right, and I've got about a thirty-foot, I guess, cedar tree. The first twenty feet of which are bottles. So uh, that's kind of a neat way to keep a living bottle tree. All right, yeah, it is. that's my idea. Thanks for what you
0: do, Felder. We all enjoy. Wait, 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 wait! You're not getting off that easy. I've got a bottle tree <laughs> that's. that's is a, I had a cedar tree that in my front garden it was tangled up in the power lines. I had to remove it, but I just cut it down to just the stump and a bunch of branches, and I put bottles on rebound stuff in it. It's 17 yeah. feet, three inches. I, I want you to measure yours and tell me that it's more than 17 feet, three inches tall, tall, so I can crown yours the tallest in the state. So, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm sure. I'm, it is. I, I don't <laughs> want mine to be the in the state because i are but 17 feet tall. So if yours is taller than that. We're going we're gonna to make history with this, Sir Roger, measure it, and All email right. me with a picture. Shoot me a I'll picture. I'll give you a report from
8: Florence on the height of my living bottle tree. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I <laughs> Thank you. And by, uh, One other thing. If you go down south of Florence, uh, you know where Adventist Road used to be called? Adventist Road?
8: Perhaps that's where I live. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, you, you know, you know there's, there's that real tall, skinny one in front of that house uh, a little bit further down there.
8: That's right. It's right across from where the Seventh-day Adventist Church used to be. And that was the pickup man. That's right. That's right.
0: I have a picture of that one in my Bible study book. Anyway, Mentor an sent me a picture and an email, Roger. Looking forward to it a whole bunch. He said that was the
8: eighth wonder of the world.
0: <coughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. So long. Uh, folks, we're just trying to have a little fun. You know, there's all good gardens have got accessories. It could be an eight-foot naked goddess statue, or a concrete chicken, or a a flamingo made out of plastic or a flamingo made out of brass. It could be an urn. It could be a big rock. It could be anything. Anything that accessorizes. Bottle trees is kind of fun. Anyway, if you want to give me a call and talk about gardening, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. MPB stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and ring is what it what it does. Uh, Give us a call, 1-877-MPD-RING. I wanted to mention that the uh, Mississippi Press Association uh, sends my my weekly garden call to dozens of local weekly and daily papers across the state. I'm not in Claire Leisure anymore, but the weekly and the daily papers in the state, the local folks. Uh, This week, uh, I'm talking about just just enjoying some unusual stuff in the garden. You can... Contact your local paper and see if they want to care this because they belong to the Mississippi Press Association. It doesn't cost them anything at all. Uh, Anyway, it's local, timely, seasonal, nonprofit garden column. Not your usual how-to advice. And also, if you're interested at all in some unusual, not really how-to type things, go visit my garden blog, Felder Rushing Blog, B-L-O-G. I don't have the usual gardening type stuff. I do have this... uh, an article with lots of pictures about these bottle trees and some of the other garden glass I've seen at the flower shows across England. And uh, if you want to give us a call this morning, it's toll-free, mpb ring uh, An email I got this past week from Eric Lampton said that last Friday morning I answered a call about controlling moles and voles in the garden, but I left out the best form of mole control of all. That's a good-sized dog. He said, keep digging. And uh, my response is Spice dog will control a mold, but a lot of times Spice dog would do more more damage to the garden than the mole would have. But anyway, always welcome suggestions for any kind of advice. If I can help you with your garden without trying to just out and out try to sell you anything, because I don't sell anything. It doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do. I'm going to call it like I see it as best I can based on years, years of uh, university training and decades of observation of what seems to work and what seems not work so well. Uh, As an example, a lot of people have controls or recommendations for fire ants. I've got probably the biggest fire ant mound in Jackson in my front yard, but it's in one spot, so I just sort of leave it alone. Rather than spread it and make them go all over everywhere, I just sort of garden around them. As long as they're out of the way, it's not directly affecting me. But if it gets in my raised beds or my containers, things like that, I'm going to have to take them out. I'm going to try to do it as best I can without using a bunch of vile chemicals, if I can. But at the same time, I know that mixing a little bit of liquid insecticide in a gallon of water, a little insecticide in a gallon of water will control an entire mound. If you, do, if you treat it late in the day, lots of water, little insecticide. And these insecticides are not absorbed into plants. So as long as you put it just on the mound... I don't think you need to worry about poisoning your garden at all. So, anyway, if you've got some advice you want to share, some odds and ends, give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb Let's go to Cofondren, uh, which is my neighborhood. Hey, Joanna, how are you today?
9: I'm pretty good, Felder. How are you?
0: So far, so good. had any
9: rain lately? Uh, we've had a little bit spotty rain, but not a lot, but just enough to make you feel happy.
0: And, and to make things steam, right?
9: <laughs> make them steam, but also make things perk up a little bit. The grass grow a little too fast, but I'm okay with that. I'd rather a little am, rain than no rain.
0: I am, I am too. Well, what's up, Joanna? What can I help you with?
9: Okay, I called you about two or three weeks ago, all excited. I told you I had found some orange morning glories. Yeah. And, um, and you thought maybe they might be, uh, I can't think of the name of them, Black Eyed Susan Vine. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a kid, and I made him work it up, and I found out what they are. They are orange Noah, and they said they're only found in like three or four states, and Nevada was one of the states. Well, let me tell you what. Mississippi wasn't on the Internet thing, but they are growing in Mississippi, and I planted okay. about uh, 30 of them. I've had 13 come up.
0: How do you, you spell that? Noah, how you spell that?
9: I don't know, my son looked, it. I think it's like Noah, like Noah's flood. Huh. But anyway, well, I, they are tangerine I, I, orange. They're not like orange, like an orange. They're the color of a tangerine, and they're about I, the size of a quarter.
0: I just looked it up, orange Noah morning glory. I've never heard of it before. I hadn't either. That's why I minister.
9: got so excited. <laughs> I just thought wow. I'd never heard of an orange morning glory. And they were blooming in the heat of the day. But I'd grown Morning Glories before, and I recognize you know, how the seeds are and the leaves and everything. But I was just... But anyway, we've got them growing here. And where I found them was in Hattiesburg, uh, 45, 49, an abandoned parking lot on a chain-link fence in the worst place you could imagine. And they were just blowing their hearts out.
0: Well, that tells you something about how it wants to be grown, too. doesn't want to... You know, Morning Glory... And sweet potatoes in the same vine, if you fertilize them a lot, they actually flower less. So keep it on the lean and mean side. Don't water them too much and don't fertilize them too much.
9: Well, I thought if anybody else was, uh, was into growing flowers or stuff and they lived out in Hattiesburg, maybe they could get some of the seeds this fall and kind of propagate them because they must be hard as, hardy as I don't know what because they were just out there growing and blooming away. I just want to let well, you know that I did find out what they were, and they are tangerine orange. A or real pretty tangerine orange. Are so anyway, you blooming yet? Pardon?
0: Are you blooming yet?
9: No, no. I just, I've just gotten the plants up, and they're starting to pop up, and you know, kind of trail up the different places that I planted them.
0: Well, when I, I just looked up, it's a new one on me. So, you know, if you get it when it blooms, send me a picture. I want to see some.
9: I will, I will, and I just want to share that with you, though.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much.
9: All right. You have a real good time over there.
0: Thank you, Anne. I appreciate it. I'll be home soon. See you. All
9: right. All right. Bye-bye.
0: I just looked this up. There's a morning glory called Orange Noah, N-O-A-H, and it's uh um what the Latin name is, Ipimolia uh, uh, R- rubiflora, which means sort of red flower, orange or wild red morning glory. Wow. Live and learn, huh? Hey,
2: let's go over to Clinton now. Hey, Billy, good morning. Good morning, Felder. Uh, yeah, really always enjoy your program. Thank uh, you. A, a couple of weeks back, you mentioned an attachment for a weed trimmer, a weed whacker called the yeah. badger hog, and no, you no, said it was head. based out of, of Hatch. Yeah, badger head. Badger head, okay. Yeah. Uh, I tried to look them up. I, I've been un, unable to find them. Did you did you uh know where you might could acquire one at a big box store or hardware well, or something no, around? No, right right now this is such a, a new invention. It's it's only
0: uh, uh, offered like on Amazon.com, you know, place it's not in the big box store yet. They're trying to get it out there and see what people think about it at first. But if you'll go to badger head, H E A D Badger Head one word. It's yeah. put out by the folks at MultiCraft over in Pila. MultiCraft is a is a company that that uh, that that helps new startups get started. They they come up things and they manufacture them and then they start promoting them. So yeah, yeah. is put out by MultiCraft in Pila and uh, okay. you have to get
2: it online. It's not available at the box stores yet. But you think it's Amazon.com. Well, you know, they, you know, they, they told me that, that that you can get it that way. But anyway, if you Google Badger Head okay.
0: and, uh, and Multicraft, one, you know, Multicraft is a company. I bet you that'll take it to it.
2: Otherwise, okay. send an email out, and I'll send you a link to it. All right. Well, have a good time. Okay, Billy. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate but, you. Bye-bye. You
0: man. So Folks, he's talking about a, uh, stringer head, uh, you know, your string trimmer, weed, or whatever brand you've got that, you know, how you have to bang it on the ground to make the, the, the wire, the strings come out. This is something you, you take that off and unscrew it, and you put this on its place. It's just, uh, it's just a cool invention invented by a fellow there in Rankin County, Mississippi, manufactured called Badger Head. Uh, I've used it. I've got it in the hands of a, of a, of a good friend who's using it. And I will just see how it does. Hey, if you want to give me a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're talking about gardening, trying to talk about nothing but gardening. It's a little extra stuff here, but Alan, now and then. By the way, thanks to all of you who've who written in supporting my position. To make sure our next state flag has a big, old magnolia flower on it. I'll be in my heart. If you're interested in that at all, we need some support for it. Go to a... It's it's an online site called magnoliaflowerflag.org. magnoliaflowerflag.org. Not sell anything, don't have a petition. Check it out, magnoliaflowerflag.org. Let me know what you think about it. Because uh, sooner or later, no no matter what you feel about it in any direction at all, we're going to have a new flag. I want to say a magnolia flower on it. We're going to take a quick break. on am Horticultural Fellow rushing This is the Stock Gardener on mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back after just a minute or so of news.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Righty, the back again. Horticulture, to rushing, and uh, we've got a special person on. Mikey, we have not heard from you in a while. Mikey from Mobile, how are you, lady?
7: I'm fine. I'm glad to hear you're having fun, man. As oh. usual, you know.
0: Yeah, what's going on? What can I help
7: you with? Uh, well, I got a, a, something to add to the uh, conversation. I hope. About, uh, the lady from Hattiesburg, because I'm not that far from Hattiesburg, um, regarding the, uh, um, the morning glory things that are orangish in color. Yeah. Uh, I've had them for years. Um, in fact, I spoke with you about them previously, and you led me to, uh, find out that there was also something called a cardinal flower that looked very similar in the uh, leaves and the, uh, and the way that it stays open all day, it's like a morning uh-huh. glory, but it does, it's not just a morning glory, it's a glory glory. It's just wonderful. And it grows with other morning glories terrifically. Um, but I also have, um, four o'clocks, which are the old things, uh, old fashioned favorites, uh, that have done their own hybridization. Some of them have coppery colored edges on them. Some of them have other things. Is, is it possible that these two can cross? Well, if they're the same family, um,
0: you know, morning, morning glories are in a big, 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 big family. A lot of plants. I don't know if four o'clock's in the same family or not. I'd have to look that up. But it's possible that a lot of plants do cross. Uh, the cardinal climber you're talking about, cardinal, Fly, cardinal climber, is close-related. It it, it's in the same family as morning glories and sweet potatoes and um, uh, morning, uh, I'm just trying to say evening, whatever, the thing that that blooms in the evening, the white flower, they're all close related. And it could be that what she's seen is a cardinal climber, but it could also be that that she's got the the different species of morning glory that that is actually called the orange morning glory. Without seeing a picture, I really can't tell. But cardinal climber uh, is close related to to, uh, cypress vine and other members of that family.
7: Oh, no, no, no. This is not a cypress by any means. That's got the feathery foliage,
0: right? I know, I know. I know. I said it's related to that.
7: Oh, okay. But, but, But it has morning glory foliage. And not, yeah. the, not the, the oak leaf morning glory, glory foliage, you know, the regular morning glory. You, am, I
0: making my, am, I, am I making sense? Yes, you Yes, sure. I'm just saying that, that without looking at it, I really can't tell, because the cardinal climber does have kind of like morning glory. It's not cypress vine at all. But anyway, I, without looking at the picture, I, 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 I don't even want to guess. That's the reason I want to see a picture of it. Because it could oh, be that he's that actually I- got this other species.
7: I'm close to Hattiesburg, and um, this is what's happening
0: here. And thank Good. you, Elder, for everything. Thank you, Mikey. Good to hear from you. Appreciate that so much. And uh, folks, if you want to give us a call, we've got plenty of time to chat about it. what's on your minds. Toll free 1 877 MPB ring. Uh, I know I get, uh, I sound like a broken record retro, a lot of stuff, but again, so many of my calls are about the same things over and over again, that sort of get into a, a, a rut of being real bottom line. And the bottom line right now, I got an email from a fellow that he wanted to know should he collect his grass clippings or let them recycle. He said sometimes there's a lot of thatch. Thatch is old stems and roots, it's not leaves. Grass clippings actually help thatch break down because they help compost. Every nonprofit lawn expert in the country says it's better to mow high in the summer and let the clippings recycle themselves rather than rake them or bag them. Every one of us says the same thing. So it's not my opinion. It's what we all agree from lots of research. So if you're bagging the clippings, if you mow a little bit higher, mow regularly, if they don't have great big long clumps of stuff out there, then the the clippings actually help that decompose. It's a good idea. let's go down to Biloxi. Hey, Dwight,
8: thanks for calling this morning. How are you? I am doing fine. How about yourself? So far, so good. Okay. Hey, I'm originally from the Midwest, and I grew up uh, enjoying plums. And I wanted to plant a plum tree, but my question is I had one and it died. So what kind of plum trees would survive in Biloxi, and do I need two to, to uh, make it, uh, you know, to pair it with?
0: Yeah, uh, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, plums are self-pollinating. Plums, you know, you only need one. Okay, so that's okay. uh, unlike peaches. Peaches, you know, do better with that. As far as what's the best, so we have a real problem in the in the the, the coastal south because a lot of fruit trees need a certain amount of cold temperature, not not freezing, but cold temperature before they set flower buds. And most of the plums that do well further north in the midwest simply don't get enough cold. We can grow cherries in the south, not enough cold. You know, above these are below 45. So there's not a whole bunch. If you can find one, there's a plum called Chickasaw plum. It's a native plum. It's one you see along the roadside, and uh, they do great. They're early bloomers. They don't have a lot of diseases, and uh, they tend to ripen a little bit later in the fall. But the, the one called Chickasaw plum is more resistant to insects and diseases than a lot of the other varieties.
8: Okay. Uh, other
0: than that, off, off the top of my head, I can't remember the names of some that will do well, but a lot of those you buy in garden centers, Dwight, are going to be susceptible to a bacterial disease called black knot, which is, there's no really control for it. So look for Chickasaw plum and then shoot me an email and I can do a little research on any plums that are disease resistant that go along the Gulf Coast. I've, I've okay. got some place.
8: All right. Well, I really appreciate it because I love plums, and my my mother would make jelly and preserves and everything. So I I want to go back to that uh, and and get that feeling again.
0: There you go. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, we don't have as many choices of those kind of fruits. But then again, where you're from, they couldn't grow figs. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, I really <laughs> appreciate you. Shoot me an email, Dwight. We'll try to help out. And also, let me know where, where, where you're from in the Midwest, because that could make a little difference. Okay. Thank you much. All right. appreciate your call. Whew. We have a little bit of fun this morning, folks. Um, Cardinal Climber, Cypress Vine, Morning Glory, Moonflower, there's so it's sweet potatoes, all very closely related. And there's lots and lots of different varieties. If we can find a new one that's orange, Wow. Let's slide back up the road to Jackson. Hey, Brad, thank you for calling. Hey, Felder, thanks for taking the call. Sure. So,
8: I got a question about some bushes in my backyard. I got uh, a couple of azaleas and something that looks, I don't think it's a rhododendron, but it looks like a rhododendron. But uh, they're really, really, really big, and I want to cut them back, but I'm wondering, should I wait till the end of summer? Uh, They've already bloomed,
0: you know, so... Can I cut them back now, or do I need to wait? No, now now's the best time. Uh, now's the best time? You, yeah, and here's the reason why, Brad. Uh, you need to do two kinds of pruning, and you need to get on it soon. You'll cut them down below where you want to grow back to up to. There won't be a leaf left on them. That does not hurt them. You can prune these to just stub, big around your forearm. They'll sprout out, but they'll take four or five weeks for the new growth to come out, when that new growth comes out, it gets a few inches long, go ahead and snip the tips off that new growth. So instead of shooting up overhead, it'll bush out. And okay. if you don't get all your pruning done before, let's say the you know early August, then that new growth will have time to come out, set flower buds before fall. But if you prune anything hard after middle of August, doesn't have time for the growth to mature and make flower buds for next year. So prune hard, and then tip tip prune the new growth before early August, and they should do fine. And it's going okay. to look bad, you might want to do some of the time this year and see how it does before you do the rest next year, before you going trust my advice on that, because it's going to look bad. I'm sorry? Huh? It's going to look bad. It won't hurt them. It's going to look bad. Oh, yeah. So right. if you've got somebody, a neighbor or a significant other, who's going to holler at you, just do some of them this year, and then, then you can prove to them it's okay to do the rest next year.
8: Okay. All right. Thank you so much, brother.
0: Okay. Appreciate it. Uh, all righty folks. Horticulture is spelled a Russian here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I don't know everything. Some stuff I wish I didn't know because it's stupid stuff. Some of it, it's just every time I see it in somebody else's yard, I'm just glad I don't have it. You know, diseases and blights and bugs and all that kind of stuff. I'm a lazy gardener. I'm busy. I'm gone a lot. I don't want to do all that stuff. So I look for plants that really, really do well without a whole bunch of care, a little fertilizer every now and then, a little pruning every now and then. That's about all I want to do. And uh, I've found that there's a lot of plants that do really well. If you'd like a list of some of these plants, what I call the tried-and-true southern plants, kind you find going to small towns and, and country gardens and cemeteries having care, shoot me an email. I'll be glad to send you a list of my really, really tough, durable, dependable type of plants. Uh, our, our email address is garden at mpbonline. dot org. Garden at mpbonline. dot org. I'm glad you sent this little list. It's got a book on it too, but I don't push my my books at all. Uh, but any of these plants on the list, if you don't know what they are, look them up. And you'll say, Oh yeah, Aunt Mamie used to grow that because they're all just really widely grown. Lots and lots of them. So shoot an email garden at mpbonline.org. I would invite you to go also to my garden blog, Felder Rushing blog, and scroll down and look at the pictures and a little story about the bottle trees at the uh, Royal Horticulture Society flower sale that I went to this past week. And also, if you're interested at all in, in uh, being a little progressive about what's going on, go visit the, 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 the uh, website. There's no petition. There's no counters. There's no anything. Just some interesting insights and some pictures. It's called magnoliaflowerflag.org.org, Mississippi Flower Flag. Um, we're going to be talking about gardening every week here on, on MPB. If you have some things you'd like to talk about during the week, uh, shoot me an email. I'll be glad to answer it. pretty within a day, sometimes right away, sometimes it takes me a day or two to get back to them. But I answer my emails at garden at mpbonline.org. Part of my agreement with the folks here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, I also have columns in a lot of the weekly and daily papers around the state. Not your usual how-to stuff. You know, that, I did that when I was with the extension service. I do that on Fridays and Saturdays here on MTV. But it's about fun stuff, easy stuff that we all enjoy. Um, anyway, there's so much going on right now that really doesn't require a lot of care. I see people watering plants. They grow in cemeteries with no water at all. Stop it. Don't baby your plants. If they have to be baked a lot, because you're an enthusiast, because you're really into it, because you enjoy that, I think that's great. But if you don't want to do all that stuff, you don't have to. That's my message. The guest, Tom Gardner is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. Our producer the laid back or hard work is laid-back but hardworking Java Chapman. Our phone reader is the must-extend Jay White. I'm your host, Bill Rushing. I'm even thinking of all of y'all getting out and about here, Northern England. Hope, hope you and your gardens are faring well. If you get a chance, if you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center or a farmer's market. Give them a $5 bill and let them find out that there's stuff online. I mean, stuff you can't get online. You have to get it locally. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get
4: dirty. All next week.